Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. DNVR Rams Live. We are back. I'm with my main man, Andre Simone. We're here. We're here. We're talking college football. <laughs> It did. <laughs> it didn't go the way we were were hoping, obviously. But in this first segment, we're gonna kind of move past Wazoo, talk about some of the positives, some of the negatives, just kind of what we can take away from that matchup with the Cougars. Yes. Then the Rocky Mountain Showdown is back. First time in four years. Yeah. Hard to even remember the last time uh, Rocky Mountain Showdown was uh, was here pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, man. That Life was... pre-COVID is really like a blur. Well, it was it was like right after we rebranded to DNBR, yeah. and I mean, it we were in our infancy as a company, basically. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm. It's wild. So we're gonna Long play time. a little game where I prove that none of us can remember anything <laughs> from over the years. <laughs> Um, we're going to try and name the quarterbacks from some Rocky Mountain showdowns over the years. You know, you think of the big names, Bradley Van Pelt, Joel Klatt, that type of stuff. But funny enough, uh, a lot of the years, especially in some CSU victories, it's kind of some random names. And, yeah. you know, maybe it, it's a smaller name that takes down the big name in Shador this year. We shall see. I'm just glad that game mm-hmm. is back um, at the end. We'll get into some Mountain West power rankings, and of course, we'll go through the picks like we always do. Love it. But first things first, just how was you know your first major college football weekend? It was awesome. I really enjoyed that slate. The Thursday slate was great. The because um, you know we were right on Utah, we won some money. That was fun. Uh, Saturday, of course, starts with a bang. That was like an all-timer in Fort Worth. Just storylines. Uh, that was abound. a really fun game to watch. Like, just objectively oh, as a college God. football fan. Oh, Obviously, God. I'm a CSU guy watching the CU offense. Endless entertainment. Like, yeah. And we'll get into yeah. that. We'll get into some of the guys you so. should know, some of the key stats. But, man, what a game. Yeah. Monday was fun. Sunday was fun. I just wish Saturday didn't end <laughs> with such a sucky... For starters, like, thank God for Fubo TV. I don't know if they're a sponsor of this show, but I was having so much trouble it's just watching so all those yeah. games. If so, it was like good for Fubo. Um, so, you know, already you're turning on the Rams frustrated, and I missed the one drive they actually got points on in forever. And then I just, yeah, I saw your one tweet from the Rams account. That time's a flat circle, and it kind of felt like that, and I didn't enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, it was from the stadium. I was definitely dejected. There was some shell shock element just because 
this team has talent, and I know they have talent. I know. And when I saw I the game play out that way, I just I don't I really started second guessing myself and like, do I really know this game as well as I think I do? Like I've been sitting here evaluating yeah. these players for six months. I have all this reason for optimism and to just lay an egg that way. It was a tough one. That said, there were some positives we can kind of get into. Um, offensively, the first drive, you know, it wasn't on TV for those watching on CBS Sports Network. They've got to figure that out. The, that have also a buffer time awful. in between the games. Yes. Or, Especially or when the over. game like ending is a blowout. Like, why, why in Colorado do you have to hang on to watch the end of the Marshall game or whatever random broadcast CBS Sports is showing? They really have to figure that out. They're carrying some NFL games on Paramount Plus that are on CBS, but like Paramount Plus doesn't have CBS Sports. They have to, have to, have to figure that out. It's streaming is so dumb. The yep. whole thing has just gotten so dumb. But anyways, that first drive, you know, they go down the field 55 yards. They drill a 38-yard field goal, and that's actually one of the positives I had from the game was special teams play was a positive for CSU. They returned to kickoff 98 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. First since 2019, Kobe Johnson's showing off some of that game-breaking speed. That was a preseason prediction of mine, so I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one, I guess. Right. Some of the other predictions not looking so great at the moment, not going to take a victory lap on those. Yeah. But, you know, they have playmakers. When you see the speed, Kobe Johnson, you know, breaks up the seam for that 98-yard run. When you see, you know, the catch in the fourth quarter that Dallin Holker is able to haul in, really bailing out uh, kind of an overthrow there, you, you see the potential they have. It's just you've got to put it together before the game's already out of hand. I wrote yesterday, it's it was like, getting lukewarm french fries from the drive-thru, which, like, at the end of the day, I'm glad we still got some french fries, but you wish you would have had them an hour before. Yeah, fair enough. I do think defensively you saw some of the talent as well. I think it's hard to feel that with how the game went, with how many three and outs there were early on, and maybe with the fact that the front is a smidge light inside and there's a lot of inexperience outside. But, you know, I mean, that's the forced fumbles where makes as the play of the first half for the Rams. Yeah. Um, and was the one like we thought, what Cam Ward are you going to get? Turns out it was Cam Ward who operated pretty well out of structure and made some plays above the X's and O's that I think in a lot of ways were the B separator. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think there's some good stuff to take from the defense as well. It's just hard to feel that with how that game progressed, you know, and how the second half broke open with the big plays and how this just felt like a repeat of last year. Yeah, I mean, there were moments in the second quarter where I was really pleased with the defense after kind of a rough start. They had some blown coverages early that were really surprising, frankly. And we had a question here, is, is Chiggy injured? He did get dinged up a little bit, but he came back into that game, so I'm, I'm not expecting anything major there. Um, but it, it's just, it's got to be more consistent. And I don't know if it's all on the play calling or if it's all on Millen at this point. You know, Saturday night, Norvell was was pretty open, probably said a little bit too much. I think at one point said he didn't like the look in, in Millen's eye. Um, you know, yeah. really was complimentary of Braden, and it kind of set this narrative for, like, oh, do we have a quarterback controversy? And even on the, the post-game show, I kept reminding myself, despite the fact that I did like some of what Braden did, is – it's too early, I think, to make that drastic of a change. You've invested, you know, two and a half years in the guy at this point. He has the arm talent, but it is going to get interesting here with this offense because I, I, I don't think you can afford to go, you know, two, three, four, five weeks. You know, still 
having this inconsistency because you've got some really pivotal games. Like, obviously, you hope to be competitive in, in the Rocky Mountain Showdown, hope to have a chance to win. We'll see how that plays out. But, like, Middle Tennessee, Utah State, UNLV, these are all first-half games for the Rams that yeah. are pivotal. They're, they're, they could go either way, but you've got to pull them out if you want to be a bowl team. Well, and Clay has to be the separator. If you want to be competitive in the Mountain West, Clay Millen is a big part of that. He's a big advantage you should have over at least half the league. But Clay's got to show that, you know, and coming into the season outside of the offensive line, I think that was the biggest what if with the offense is how is Clay going to progress? Because, you know, how much progression did you see even in season last year? You know, there was still yeah. some gun shyness. And it was hard to really judge, though, just given the state of the offensive yeah. line. They had so much fluctuation within that starting lineup. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. you know, you have three receivers leave before the end of non conference play. So then the first couple games, it's fresh freshman that shouldn't have even been out there. Then he gets injured and tries to come back. Like there were so many wonky circumstances that I think. Or, you know, explain why mm-hmm. the, the offense wasn't great. And, and despite that, you were encouraged by the fact that he had such a great completion percentage that he is a good decision maker. Yeah. He knows this offense. But, I mean, I, I was asking Norvell in July. Like, I, I know that you like that he protects the ball, but this is a vertical passing offense. And at some point, he's going to have to stand back there, trust the O-line to protect yeah. him because the O-line yeah. held up. It's not great. And we knew the O-line's not going to be stellar. But they gave up one sack, three tackles for loss, compared to seven sacks, 12 tackles for loss the year before. There were only two QB hits on top of that, so it wasn't like he was still taking a, a beating. I, I mean, that Wazoo front looked good. And they're really They good. looked as advertised, man. And so if they can hold up, you know, at least enough to, to give you a shot, the, the, there should be opportunities to make plays there with the talent you have at receiver and tight end and the speed you have at running back. Well, and I forget what podcast you said it on um, in one of the couple recap pods you've had, but you got to get the ball to Horton more. He has to have double digit targets or at least. at least, right? And I mean, I haven't seen the all 22, but it didn't feel like. He's getting quadruple coverage, you know, and some of it really is just pulling the trigger a little quicker. But what you said about the vertical offense, I think, is the end all be all. You know, we can get so caught up in the air raid and all the like, you know, fun dressing and the east and west stuff. The east and west stuff is to set up the verticality. And that's the thing, like you do need an element of that. And I do think that is somewhat of a misconception within the fan base. Like they see all the quick screens and the quick hitters, you know, the handoff. When you're at tempo, those are huge. Mm-hmm. But to play that way, you have to stretch the field. You have to have the defense on yep. their heels yep. and, you know, second guessing themselves, dropping back. Oh, God, now they're running it up uh-huh. the middle and now we're trying to crash. And oh, now it's a play action over right. the top. You got right. Justice Ross Simmons, you know, wide open in the middle of the field. Yeah. But if you're not hitting that stuff over the top, they're just going to sit on you, and none of that stuff works, and that's what we saw. The screens that worked on that first drive very quickly went away. 100%. There just has to be a north and south element to this. That's just plain and simple. Have to find it some way, somehow. Maybe it's week one. You don't want to give away too much stuff, especially against you know, a coaching staff that's very familiar with most of your scheme. That's a good know? point, too. So how much do you want to keep close to the vest? And the other thing is the air raid, when not in tempo, when not in rhythm, when going three and out, is the absolute worst version. It's a defensive killer. Of anything. I mean, it's just the worst. Well, because you're on the field for a minute at a time, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. what we saw yeah. after that first drive. Their next five drives were 
16 plays for 32 yards and probably ate up about five total minutes. Like you, you can't win that way. And you saw with that defense, especially, I think they broke in the third quarter. I mean, there were some moments they CSU went for it in their own territory in the second quarter. Didn't get it. I felt like emotionally that was a big blow to the team. Just like you could feel the energy go out. But yeah, I really felt like it was the third quarter because you're only down 17, three, the, you go get points, but you go three and out. And and then the breakdown in coverage for the big play to number five, Victor, was it? Yeah, you had a huge game. I think that's – it's one of the only real breakdowns I can think of, right? Like the other stuff is like, hey, they made a play. Well, when, when Cam's out of structure and scrambling, like you can't expect the corners yeah, to hold on 100%. to him for five, six, seven 100%. seconds at a time. But. And this is a guy who – Halfway through last season, there was some real Cam Ward NFL buzz. I mean, it was like, wow, this guy's something. And I mean, they I think Wazoo was ranked in the top 25 at one point last year, you know? Yeah, they, I mean, they had a great start. They yeah. beat Wisconsin. They right. started like 3-0. They should have beat Oregon, lost 44-41 to in Eugene, right. I think. So, I mean, we drastically undervalued them, as did, you know, the beat reporter <laughs> we had on. I mean, jeez, yeah. like, because that team looked... For real, and what looks like a stacked Pac-12, and Pac-12 looks stacked in part for how good they looked against a lot of Mount West opponents week one, you know? So this isn't necessarily isolated to the Rams, but I think everything we just said holds true. My biggest takeaway, I don't feel like week one of year two of Jay's tenure, this team has an identity. That's my biggest concern, probably. Gotta find that identity. I think that's fair. And I think a large part of that is still feeling like they're like trying to learn how to swim offensively. And I also think you bet, this is a, a program that going back multiple staffs now has like they're scorned. I don't there there's an element to this team. And yeah. I think this is true yeah. across all the sports. Losing teams when they go down, they expect to lose. Winning teams mm. when they go down like when Patrick Mahomes is down 10, he still thinks he's gonna win. And what's crazy is statistically he still does a lot of the time now. That's right. Are, are, am I expecting Patrick Mahomes type comebacks on the regular? No, but I don't want to look down on the sideline and, and see a team down seven points, 10 points, even 14 in college football where it can swing in two, three minutes and, and see the look like, oh man, here we go again. Right. Because it's hard to believe in a group when they look like that. An air raid offense with a true identity knows, hey, we might suck for a quarter and go three and out and our defense is going to hate us. We could also put up 21 in the blink of an eye. We like, saw it. It could happen Those that Nevada quickly. teams came yes. into CSU and back-to-back right. -back years dropped 40-plus on the Rams like it was nothing. 100%. I mean, it's kind of what happened in a similar offense with Wazoo in the second half. It was just like, oh, wow, they could cover this easy. And then like, uh, why did I do that? <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, it's uh, – it's a tough way to start the season, but I think a big theme for this podcast early on in this college football season is going to be patience. Seasons aren't defined week one. Continuity. And quarterback careers aren't defined week one. I was thinking about, you know, Carson Palmer at USC. People were calling on Pete Carroll to bench that guy yeah. for about two years. Then he won a Heisman. Senior year Heisman, first overall pick, USC's back, Rose Bowl win against Michigan. They never looked back. That was a dynastic run then for 10 years. And it all starts with that Carson Palmer senior season. That whole run might not happen if he pulls Carson Palmer like most of the fan base wanted. One of the best years we've had locally 
it's because Sefo Lufal, who the fan base I still think kind of hates in Boulder. They undervalue him, and I don't, like, that dude took a beating. Absolutely, man. I mean, to where it probably ruined his ability to have more of a career at the next level, but Sefo, outside of that senior season, it was rough, you know? And even in that senior season, people would have called for Steven Montez to start well, over. Early Garrett Grayson was rough. That's Nick exactly right. had quarterback competitions exactly two out of his right. three years starting, and it got That's to a point exactly where right. I was like, Bobo, he's the guy. Why are, what are you, you're forcing it now. 100%. And I bet you we could find, I mean, this is just off the top of the head, millions of other examples like that. So look, you gotta you gotta understand that. You gotta understand that. And that's not to say it's not disappointing. And that's not to say Clay Millen might not be that guy. I mean, you we'll know? see. I just it's one of those you can't I think if you're trying to definitively take a stance, you're being unfair either way, you know. I mean, it's hard to take too much away from last year given the weird circumstances. Like there's certain games you can kind of pinpoint and look at moments, no. but no. It's also like to just throw him under the bus and move and move past him because he had a little bit of a rough game week one when they went down. And you know, like I said, I, I do think there's an element of just being kind of shell shocked, and they they gotta learn how to work through that resilience and, and do it quickly or find a way to be resilient. I should say. I mean, that's plain and simple. You, plain and simple. He's gonna have to adapt, mature, and take his game to the next level. All right, we're going to set the scene here for this upcoming matchup with Colorado, but I do got to talk to you guys about our partners over at AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement. They support whole body health. I take it every day. Look, guys, I gave AG1 a try because I need to be healthier. I know it. I don't live the healthiest lifestyle. I stay up late. I get up early. I watch way too much football. I eat a lot of fast food going back and forth between Fort Collins oh. and, and Denver. Oh. But with AG1, it just it gave me a way to get a lot of these you know, nutrients and vitamins that I'm missing out on, and it makes me feel a whole lot better. You know, My digestion's better. I have more energy when I'm at the gym. I can notice a difference, especially if I haven't taken it for a couple of days. You, know, you get through you know, 40, 50 push-ups without it, and I'm like, God, man, I'm just tired, or the, the weights feel heavy today. AG1 is just a huge boost to everything that I do. Um, I, I like it that it's convenient too. You know, like so many of right. these supplement programs, it's like you got to take 14 different pills and two shakes and this and that. Oh. AG1, one scoop, eight to 12 ounces of cold water. Right. Shake it up, you're good to go. <laughs> AG1 is a comprehensive solution. It is what you need from your supplement routine. Try AG1, get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do, go to drinkag1.com slash rams. That's drinkag1.com slash rams. Check it out. You guys are going to love it. Of course, also got to shout out the homies at DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL's back tonight. Not even I like, know. hey, like it's it's around the corner no, no, two weeks from now. Tonight. Yeah, tonight right is now. the night Yes, that Get I fall for in. you. but man we've had seven months without an nfl game that's crazy it's over with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl they are giving you a can't miss offer for week one this week new customers get 200 dollars in bonus bets instantly when you bet just five dollars on any nfl game DraftKings is hooking everyone and that means all of you up with game day greatness all customers take advantage of the two new offers every single game day this september Check the app, see what you are missing out on. 
Download now. Use code DNVR to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. That code DNVR only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 8787-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. Connecticut help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash or cdkng.co slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Whew. Let's go. Get better and better every week. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Good stuff, though. Good stuff. Let's uh, let's set the scene for the return of the Rocky Mountain Showdown, a, a game that for some reason is not played every year anymore, but it's good to have it back. Um, I have some key stats from this TCU matchup, and then we can kind of talk about some of these individuals that CSU fans need to be aware of. Then, like I said, we'll play that game where we name the quarterbacks, and then we're back focusing on the Mountain West, Mountain Best. Um, oh, yeah. 510 passing yards in Shadur Sanders' debut Holy cow. And four receivers with a hundred plus receiving yards. I think that's probably yeah. the, the biggest key. Three receivers and a running back. Um, yeah. And it was all kind of the bigger name guys they'd brought on. And the fact that Travis Hunter is one of those guys while playing, I don't know, 40, 50 snaps defensively on the other side and having a key interception is also pretty wild. He's insane. Yes. I'm going to have to apologize to Jake at some point, but Wow. How could anyone be prepared for that? The thing is, is like my skepticism of him playing both ways was never about him individually or the talent he has. I did not think it was humanly possible. I didn't think it was physically possible to play 140 snaps and be effective the way that he was. And I still, I'm not sure you can do that every game. And I think it would be reckless to try. But the fact that he can do that in the games where they need him to is wild. It's huge, especially because, you know, defensively, I think that's probably where this team is still the most flawed and still kind of rebuilding. Right. No, for sure. Um, It was also wild how much of a Big 12 team they look like. Oh, I mean, they're right at home. Down to the 3-3-5. Yeah. Which, God, I hate that defense. That was something where it was like, oh, it's nice having a four-man front. Like watching the Rams later, like, oh. This this feels good. Instead of Football is the good Lord intended. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Instead of these light-ass three-man fronts that are just terrible out in the Big 12. Another key stat I had, as electric as the passing offense looked and some of the ball, I mean, Shadur looks like he's ready for the NFL. I'll just say that is with the ball placement. And obviously, you know, we'll see this how this whole year plays out. I'm not trying to be like, take him over Drake May or anything like sure. that. But I understand I understand the love for him. He's, he's really gifted. He's confident. I mean, the command pre-snap really stood out. And I mean, the, some of the stuff he was doing with his eyes to to keep safeties away, and then just trusting his receivers. I mean, that's not stuff you see typically week one, and that's very impressive. It isn't. And there's a familiarity where, like Clay Millen, he comes over from his head coach's previous staff. He does have a different offensive coordinator, though. Um, so to command it like that was pretty impressive. And I think is like you know. I, There aren't apples-to-apples comparisons here necessarily, but it is like, you know, 
year three in this offense. You want Clay to show a bit more of that command, mm-hmm. confidence, you know? Yeah, I mean, that what you saw from Shadur is like what CSU fans have envisioned with Clay Millen because he has the arm. To, I mean, he's a four-star prospect that, you know, picked Nevada mm-hmm. after originally being committed to Arizona. He was being pursued by CU in Arizona. That's who initially it was going to come down to. He has family in Boulder. So it's going to be interesting. Big stage for him, big game. Um, Huge. But it's also a lot of pressure, and that's you know a tough spot, especially when you're trying to, to turn a program around. Uh, CU only rushed for 1.6 yards per carry. That was a little surprising to me, but I was impressed with the way they held up in pass protection, very similarly to CSU, because I think that was a big question with both of these offensive lines. They're revamped. I know CU lost a couple of guys, one because mm-hmm. of eligibility and, I think, injury. Right. right. Um, the Rams did not run the ball very well themselves in week one, but that is an key. area I think they need to try and exploit. It's going to be a key. Yeah, because that's probably the area the Buffs look worse was in their run defense. Um, but, yeah, both offensive lines do look improved. So that's uh, that's definitely going to be a key, and it's going to be a key to stay ahead in these games. I mean – this is the other thing, like Broncos, Buffs, Rams. I hear it from all these different fan bases, and we all want to get technical and analyze this and that and rag on the offensive line and stuff like that. And look, man, no offensive line plays well when you're down three touchdowns for over half the game or half the game. Well, no, because they're just, they can tee off on yes, you. Yes, it's yeah. not a recipe for success. You're just like... You are going at such a disadvantage. It's like judging offensive line prospects merely off of watching them in one-on-one workouts at the Senior Bowl where it's like, yeah, those workouts are made for the defender is going to have an advantage. You know, like um, it's it's just you have to take that kind of context into consideration when evaluating an offensive line especially – and I think that's also a big difference is, yeah, you play with the lead or – you know, a tied game, everyone's within a possession of each other the whole time. That's going to really ease how an offensive line plays. Yeah. And I mean, you're you're limiting the amount of time that your defense has to be on the field too, which has been a huge issue under the Norvell era. I mean, they have talent on that D, yeah. but you just can't continually hang them out to dry. Depth. Depth is a big thing for both programs. Just look at how many coaches they have changed over the last few years. And it's easy to understand why both programs would be lacking in depth, especially in the transfer portal era. Like, you're just going to yeah. have so much turnover. It's going to take some years to build that depth out. Absolutely. So, yeah, you leave your defense out to dry, it's going to be a, a long day. Last key stat I had from that matchup, TCU 10-17 on third down. Another area CSU needs to be better of. They were 1-10 on third down going into the fourth quarter, finished 4-4 four of four, um, in, in the fourth quarter on those two touchdown scoring drives. But staying on the field and, you know, CU, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, like, how much of that was TCU's explosive offense and, and you know, how much is that of, of them being a team in year one, which it's, it's hard to hit the ground running with that many new pieces. I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be the thing. Shout out to everybody in the comments. Give us a thumbs up if you can. Uh, Even shout out my guy, Rich, who apparently doesn't like me. You know, our CU guys are also CU alum, but, you know, whatever. Let's play Name the Quarterbacks. He's actually talking about the Washington State beat writer. Oh, yeah. He was not right about 
he was not right about Wazoo. <laughs> his conclusion was wrong. Yes. Yeah, his his conclusion was off. Um, but I mean, Wazoo was better than expected, and frankly, they looked like the Wazoo we saw in non-conference play last year, and not the Wazoo down the stretch that fizzled away what could have been, you know, like an eight, nine, ten win season. It's also week one. Overreactions are, you know, well, positive and negative. Yep, I mean, that's you right. know. The, I don't, Dabo's done at Clemson. Duke is, you know, now the superior team. Right. You know, every, everything's over. I don't know. It's just. Also, the book thought they were 10-point dogs, you know? Like, they didn't see this as a blowout. Very true. The book was wrong as well. The book was wrong a lot about a lot of these Mount West matchups. Yeah, it wasn't our best pick on week. No. Did yeah, hit a couple the, of them. The league, the league just didn't have the best week. No, yeah. I blame the league. <laughs> blame the Mountain West. Um, all right, this is just kind of a way, and, and if, if you guys are listening, you can kind of play along at home. I was going through just previous years of the Rocky Mountain Showdown, and it, it cracked me up because so many of the years you're like, oh, I, I, I should be able to guess these quarterbacks, and then you realize how many randos there have been over the years. Uh, so we'll start with 2019. We'll see if Dre can guess it. Be nice, guys. 2019. He's not yeah. a CSU alum or a CU alum. He's just a passionate college football <laughs> right. supporter. Western State throughout <laughs> the yeah. Let me give you some, some hints. Going in, the debate was which quarterback has a better NFL future. I was very high on CSU's quarterback. He unfortunately struggled to stay healthy. CU's quarterback did get a cup of tea in the NFL, but it didn't really pan out. This is 19. This is 2019. The Buffs won 52 to 31. Okay. That's Montez on the CU side. Is it Patrick O'Brien on the Rams side? Right era. It's not Nick Stevens. That's too late. Still the right era. <laughs> Colin Hill? Colin Hill. You oh, pulled it out. Let's go. Let's go. Colin Hill, my. Oh, uh, Thank God I didn't have saved. Bauda or something. <laughs> That's a name I have not thought about in a really yeah. long time. The 2018, probably the, the most. I think of him and Joey Fatone from Sync. Like they might as well be the same person. They, they are forever connected. Fatone Bauda and Joey Fatone, the Sync guy, whose name I wouldn't even know if not for Fatone Bauda. Like that. That's again, that's, good point. How, yeah. that's how intertwined they really are. Yes. <laughs> All right, 2015, going back, gosh, eight years now. This was okay. the first uh, showdown of the Mike Bobo era. Oh, yeah. We have Times. talked about one of the CU quarterbacks. We feel that he is undervalued, and I mentioned this CSU quarterback as well already. Um, so 2015, I think that's year one Nick Stevens. Correct. And then CU... 15, that has to be Sefalufa. Nailed it. Let's See, go. And you were Let's doubting go. your abilities. Let's go. That showdown, uh, not to bring up bad memories for Ram fans, but CSU lost 27-24 in overtime. They missed two field goals in regulation, had a 27-yard field goal blocked in OT. That was a wild one. And that was one week after losing to Minnesota in overtime when Dalen Dawkins was stripped. So they lost both those games by a combined six points, both in overtime. The Mike Bowler starts completely different if those games go. Like, the context of your 2015 season changes. At that point, people are looking at, like, he 
was in the mix reportedly for Tennessee in 2015, right. 2016. Like at that point, he maybe really is a guy that they pull. And yeah. I mean, the entire history of the program probably changes if those two games go just a little bit differently. I mean, starting the tenure beating Minnesota and CU. I mean, the juice you'd have, Richard Higgins, Dude, maybe he comes back instead of declaring early. Like uh, there's Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood. There's a million different what ifs with the Rams, and I could do it. Tell that. You know, I get. Um, I get the bagel at the bagel shop by us in Lakewood, Wadsworth, and... Uh, oh, shout out New York Bagel. Shout out New York Bagel. They're legends. And they have the autographed BC jersey... Oh, just like me. Signed nice. up. And, you know, it's hanging up on a hanger, which is hilarious. Oh, they should frame come that. Come on, guys. Uh, but it's... Uh, I, I, think of, I think of BC every time I get a bagel, which is like four times a week. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's a... Fun notes, since we're reminiscing. No, so I love it. I love Lakewood institutions. That's right. Repping right. Bear Creek alumnus, CSU Starb. Exactly. All right, 2014, the Rams won. This was the last time CSU beat them. Uh, I got a minor in possession uh, of alcohol ticket before the, the game, so didn't even get to enjoy it that much. But uh, CSU won this one 31-17. Name those quarterbacks. This is... McIlwain v. McIntyre, Lufal v. Grayson. Nailed it, man. Nailed yeah, it. I'm, I mean, that's Grayson's final year. That 2014 team's epic. So much fun. Did Bibbs go off in that game? No, the, he. So he was on the team. It was that was the D Hart debut, the Alabama transfer. D, D Hart, Hart goes for 140 oh yards. I forgot all about D Hart. Oh my! Gave God. one of the best quotes ever. I can't remember if it was post game or if it was leading into the CU game, but basically people like playing up the you know you're a smaller school playing like the big mighty CU, and he was, excuse me, sir, like yeah. we're the Colorado State Rams, and it was just it went so hard. I love D Hart. Shaq went off in that game. They played Bama that year too. They did play Bama. That was I think the the game that really solidified Shaq's draft love. He I mean he went undrafted mostly because of body type, but. That season was phenomenal, obviously ending with the, yeah. the epic win over Washington State. I always remember Bowl. Shaq talking about uh, putting syrup over his pasta and not stopping that until he became a pro. I was just like, man, dude. Oof. Imagine eating that and still dominating on the field the way <laughs> he did. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Built different. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not going to go through all these because I, I have a – just too many. I'd put like 10 down. I don't know what I was thinking. But 2006, I'll just give you guys these random names because there's zero chance that, yeah, that Dre will this. get this. The Rams win 14 to 10. Your quarterbacks, <laughs> Caleb Haney, future Chicago Bear, playoff uh, performer. He came in for Cutler that one time against the yeah, Packers. That's insane. And Bernard Jackson for the Buffs, who I'm going to be honest, I I don't remember that name. I don't. Are we sure he's a human being? I don't either. That's like 06. I'm like a sophomore in college. Like, I'm here. I definitely watched that. Even Caleb Haney was like, wait, why Caleb Haney? I and Bernard Jackson, straight up. Like, I don't. I know. I, so I looked him up, and he was like a dual threat quarterback. It was a surprise decision uh, from Dan Hawkins. Miss Dan Hawkins, that yeah, guy. Man. Yeah. Yeah. All right, last one. From Boise. 2005, a Buffs victory. 2004 and 2005 were both heartbreaking. Ram fans know we don't have to go down that route. 31-28, Mason Crosby drills the game-winning field goal. He was the bane of my existence for about three years there. Uh, 
And then I remember being pissed that the Broncos didn't draft him, but (laughs) (laughs) for real, because post Elam, it would have been perfect timing. Name those quarterbacks and both local that I'll give you that as a hint. CSU's quarterback is the highest rated prospect in program history. CU's quarterback, probably the most well-known of the 21st century. Oh man. I think it's Clat on the CU side. Who would it have been on the Ram side? It's some. It's like the quarterback who took the mantle from BVP. It is. And yeah, you're right. Highly rated guy. I can kind of see him, but I can't. Justin Holland. Oh my gosh, Justin Holland. Whoa. Now a uh, now QB coach with uh, Jenkins Elite. So shout out to our guy Justin Holland. And the Rams won that. That, no, the the Buffs won that one, thirty-one to twenty-eight. Clat was a Clat was a Ram killer. That guy, every single one of those games was a one possession. They'd all come down to the end. That you know, ESPN games. Mm. It was awesome, and that's why it's great to see the the hype back so with this glad. matchup. You know, and it's an ESPN game. The potential of game day coming to town. We'll see. Maybe they wait for USC. But I was looking at the rest of the week three slate. I think there's Florida, LSU, but like Florida sucks. That's a consensus on all sides of our uh, college football beats is that week three against the Rams might sneaky be the game that makes most sense for college game day to come to. Well, it's just, I mean, just, even just from the, the like hype standpoint alone, if you're ESPN, capitalize on all the Deion Sanders attention. Absolutely. Local game, fun yeah, stuff. 100%. I, rivalry. I mean, an actual rivalry. A real rivalry. Oh, that's being played every year. Both sides care. Well, when you get hurt, Bax and Shanker, they're here to help. Bax and Shanker, they win for Colorado families. It doesn't matter if you're a Ram. It doesn't matter if you're a Buff. It doesn't matter if you're a Pio, a Bear, a Mountaineer, or any of the, I can't remember, Falcon, I'm I'm missing. There's a bunch of schools, but. Yeah, there's lots. There's lots. (laughs) I'm not going to name 30 schools here. Yeah, CC's the Tigers. There you go. We got all Division I schools across the board represent. UNC Bears, you want to get that out? Yeah, go Bears. Okay, go Bears. Go Bears. Come on. Come on. We rep the Bears a little bit. <laughs> Helping. <laughs> they help those who are seriously injured in Colorado, though. It doesn't matter oh, what yeah. your sweatshirt says, what school you support. There's oh, no yeah. upfront fee to speak with you about your case. There's no fee to work on your case. There's no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Bax and Shanker has already won over a billion dollars for their clients, and they have neighborhood offices that serve all of Colorado in Denver, Aurora, and Golden Fort Collins. They've got the strength and power to win your case, more than 30 lawyers, 100 staff. Bax and Shanker helps all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, ride, share, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker wins. So do our friends Shady Rays. And you guys, if you're going to the games, it's going to be hot in September. Broncos Raiders on Saturday. Uh, the CU Nebraska game on Saturday, another rivalry uh, that just as a local college football fan, I love to see back. Had a lot of memories of actually listening listening to that game on the radio while pheasant hunting in, in Kansas in like the mid 2000s. But wow. take on the sun with gear to last. That's gear that's built to last. Excuse me. Our friends yep. at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. They have the most insane protection. On all their glasses, if you break or lose them, they'll send you a new pair, no questions asked. Also, you can return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. If you want to check them out in person, head over to the Park Meadows Mall. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 10 per- or for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. 
Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. We're going to fill these out together. We're going to dive into my Mountain West power rankings. I'm going to try and justify it. You tell me if I'm right or not. Um, yeah. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this, but I figured it I could be fun some to, crazy to do it each week. I'm firing up the standings right here. All right. And I want to add, if I was just going to go 1 through 12, that was the same as the the standings. Why do it? Why do it? What's the point? Well, what would be the point? Yeah, yeah, that would make no sense. At number one. You do have some Owen one teams in your top 25. So it's more like that exercise. I mean, it's a good point. Number one, Fresno State Bulldogs going into Purdue, pulling the upset. Mikey Keene with a phenomenal game, uh, really lit it up. And for Fresno State to execute offensively the way they did after losing their top three receivers, after losing Jordan Mims in the backfield, and losing Jake Hayner, who's near and dear to my heart, Free Jake got suspended from the NFL for Spot. violating a drug policy. Dude weighs 100 pounds. All right, there's no way he's on roids. Come on. It did seem odd of all the people. A tiny king. But hey, who 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 are we? But who maybe we maybe judge? he's trying to no longer be the tiny king. Oh, right, right. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good point. point. Yeah. But uh, uh-huh. Fresno, sure. to me, has reached that Troy Calhoun status under Jeff Tedford where I am just going to give them the benefit of the doubt every single year Great because comp. they're one of the best Great coached comp. programs in the conference year in and year out. And as long as they have him, I, I just, I'm not going to, not going to doubt them. Are they the most of that team in the Mount West? Yes. I, or Wyoming. You can make an argument yeah, for Wyoming. Was, who's tough was, as hell. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's and, not Boise is what's crazy. Boise is kind of in between identities, uh-huh, in my opinion. Uh-huh, agreed. And they're establishing it a little bit under Avalos, but, but Air Force also fits that category for sure. Yeah, I got Wyoming at two. Their defense may be the best in the league. Offensively, I I had, I mean, I flamed Andrew Peasley all off season, and that dude comes out and just puts them on the table and, and leads them to to victory. Against Texas Tech, double overtime delivered on fourth down, a throw while getting just nailed in the chin. I no was so impressed. I was so no impressed. Win. Yeah, bull man keeps doing it. I still have some questions about them offensively, but I mean, if they can move the ball, if they can you put bet. close to thirty on the board while they're missing some of their running backs, look out that Wyoming team potentially a Mountain West sleeper. Well, Can't- they have an identity, and I do worry about this Rams defense being a little light in the middle and being able to run on it. It's definitely something we have to see. CSU stopped the run pretty well against Fresno or uh, Washington, Washington State. State. Yeah. So I, I was pleasantly pleased there. At yeah, that's true. Number three, going with the Air Force Falcons. Again, a lot of this is just brand respect. Mm, they, interesting. they beat down a, an FCS team at home who didn't even have their uniforms, I don't think, to give you an idea of the type of program that they beat. But Not great. Not great. I just, they got John Lee Eldridge the third in the backfield. They've got a really solid defensive line. Sidroic is a stud. Are uh, you changing your tune a little too much on the Falcons after merely beating Robert Morris? I mean, 3-4 is kind of where I've had them anyways. There's some people that have them as a the preseason favorite. I have Boise State still. Um, That's fair. I got Boise at four. They're 0-1. They did not have the best showing against Washington, but also oh. Washington's offense is for real. 
Penix was on fire. He was, I mean, he was, he was picking them apart and it's weird to see a Boise state defense look that kind of inept. That is my big concern with Boise this year. And it, if, if they do fall short of expectations, I think that will probably be the reason why is just, it's not the defense that we've become accustomed to these last couple of years. Yep. JL Skinner back there, you know, taking dudes heads off Scott Matlock in the trenches. But backfield looks probably better than I expected. I was pleasantly surprised by their quarterback. And then we know the running backs are good. Genty's legit. Like, there's a lot of Helani love. And if he can stay healthy, he's an NFL back too. But Genty is like a Rashad Penny-type home run hitter. He's the real deal. Yeah, it's going to be a tough opponent. Um, And, I mean, Washington's defense, I thought, looked good too. You know, they can rush the passer. That D-line. Sheesh. Mm -hmm. All right, this is where we have some fun. This is where we get controversial. All right. At five, I'm putting 0-2 San Jose State, and Let's six, cuddle. I'm putting 2-0 San Diego State. Yeah, what's the case? San Jose State's played gauntlet of a schedule. They've opened against USC and against Oregon State. Offensively, yeah. I've liked what I've seen out of Chevin Cordero. I think they're going to be the real deal. Um, if, if you're going to doubt San Jose State, it's – They've lost a lot of really important contributors on the defensive side. They had one of the better front sevens in the G5 the last couple of years, which had multiple Mountain West defensive player of the years on it. None of those guys are in the mix. And against some high-powered offenses, you know, they, they've got a pretty tough schedule in the Mountain West. You wonder, are they going to be able to hold up, you know, against the Fresno mm-hmm. States of the world? Yeah, fair enough. I mean, San Diego State. The other benefit is so much of that Ohio games played against the backup quarterback because the start. I'm not going to give you a credit for beating up on the backup. Where do the Rams fall? <sighs> the Rams are at nine. Oh gosh, this is weak. I mean, it's it's based on that. I mean, I'm I got to give some teams that one credit. Uh, I've got UNLV at seven. I still am a little skeptical of UNLV being a bowl team. They are getting a lot of love as far as bowl projection goes. To me, that game against uh, UNLV in Vegas for CSU, one of the most important games of the year. That's going to be a big one. They are one of the few teams in the league who have a win, so that makes sense. And, I mean, they got a solid quarterback, Doug Doug Brumfield. Mm -hmm. Um, Ricky White at receivers, nice, say, it's just, it's early. All right, at eight, I put Utah State because they hung at Iowa. I don't believe in this team. This is the one where I'm already going back and forth. In fact, you want to know, I'm already going to switch it. Let's, we're going to put Colorado let's State go. at eight, and we're going to put go. Utah State at nine yeah. because CSU is better than Utah State. Right. I wholeheartedly believe right. this. I believe CSU is better than UNLV too, but UNLV I, I've got a little bit more respect for at least going into – you know, this weekend, mm-hmm. Utah State, good for you. You hung against Iowa. Iowa, for some reason, allows everybody to hang. Yeah, they don't cover big spreads. They're not going to put you away. The offense just stinks. It is a more impressive loss for sure, Utah State's. But I like that you're sticking to your guns. You got to gotta stay true to it. I mean, if I really wanted to get argumentative, I would have put them over UNLV, who I think they're better than too, but... Trying to give the Rebels a little bit of respect. At 10, I've got Timmy Chang in the Hawaii Warriors. There you go. I was going to ask, where's Hawaii fall? You know, they're they're going to be a frisky team. Their passing offense in the run and shoot looks significantly uh, upgraded from what we saw a year ago. Braden Schrager playing some good ball. Um, 
they can't they can't stop anyone though and that's gonna yeah, that's until i see them hold somebody under 30 points they're gonna be a team that like oh they're 13 point dogs i love it give me hawaii to cover but hard to hard to pick them out right with the the defensive struggles they have They've got some interesting home games coming up on their schedule. And I mean, Stanford may be underwhelmed expectations, but ultimately what they did against Vandy and Stanford, semi-impressive, certainly more impressive than what the Rams did against Washington State, you know? So it seems like they are at least trending in the right direction. It's a program that, and they have this benefit now that they finally hired the right coach in Timmy Chang. The local community will be patient with him. They understand the circumstance he's in post, huge. you know, the disaster that was the Todd Graham era for them. Right. And he's their guy. Right. So he's going to have some time to get it his way. And frankly, I mean, I don't know if you're going to get some of that talent to stay on the island at coming out of high school, but in the portal era, they're going to be a really intriguing option for some of those, you know, Polynesian prospects that might want to go back home. I mean, outside of... The California schools, there's no school in the league that has a better natural like recruiting yeah, I mean, you base in, in their paradise. home state. Yeah, no, I mean, that is also a great selling point. I mean, I I do some content from Hawaii if people want, if people <laughs> well, offer. Uh, yeah. You want to go to DNVR Rams live from the island, week 12. <laughs> we're in, we're in. <laughs> All right, wrapping it up, we've got Nevada at 11, New Mexico at 12. We don't really need to spend a lot of time on either of these squads. Um, Nevada, team to keep an eye on if you are a local football fan just because Brendan Lewis is their starting quarterback. New Mexico, a program that I have like a soft spot in my heart for New Mexico because when I was six, seven, eight years old, they were like actually pretty competitive in the late 90s, early 2000s. They were a team that was going to be in the mix in the Mountain West. Um Danny Gonzalez, their head coach, getting to spend some time with him, just kind of reminiscing about those, reminiscing about those years. Any any guy that talks about the Lubick era, you know, mm. like positively, yeah. you're gonna get me in your back pocket. Right. So yeah. I'm rooting for Danny. I don't think he's gonna be there much longer, but uh, I'm rooting for you. Either way, go Lobos. Go Lobos. We don't play yeah. you this year. We can't continue the winning streak. All right, before we get out, let's do our Mountain West picks. Come on. This is Dre's time to shine. It's a rough slate. Yeah, I didn't do all the games this week because there's a lot of FCS opponents. Um, in fact, there's only four games in the Mountain West that are that are not featuring. Okay, an well, FCS there you opponent. go. That at least narrows it down. I'll take it. Well, and even then, it's got some big spreads here, starting with UNLV and Michigan. Last I checked, it was like 37. It is 37 and a half over under set at 58. In the big house. Oh. First off, I hate having to lay this many points, right? It's just too many. It sucks to do this. Well, you don't know what mindset Michigan's going to have. You know, is it, are we going to get up 24 and know the game's out and just run the clock out in the second half? Or is it, we want college football playoff style points. We want vindication because Harbaugh's out. We want a 50 burger and show that, you know, we are the real deal. And that's kind of where I lean with their yes. their identity. So yes. I'm going to hesitantly roll with the Wolverines, despite the fact that 37, 37 and a half is just, it's not a comfortable play. 
And that's my motto, bet uncomfortably. And you're right. They're letting this uh, Harbaugh self-imposed suspension drive them. Holy cow, that's so dumb. And uh, it's at the big house. J.J. McCarthy can pad his stats to make a case for the Heisman. His running backs are thinking the same way. And they can absolutely destroy them in the trenches. It's a recipe to take the Wolverines. The last thing a Harbaugh-led program needed was like a narrative to buy into that the world is against them, the, the most annoying people you know. It's the only note he can play. And, I, and I'm a Harbaugh guy, like football-wise. I love watching that yeah, program. It, it's just annoying. Um, I got my DraftKings pick of the week here for you. Lay it on me. I don't feel super confident um, about going on the money line, so I'm going to dial it back a little bit, but... Boise State hosts UCF this week in a really big G5 showdown. Yeah. Boise State, three and a half point home dogs. Home dogs have been very successful in college football. I'm taking Boise State plus three and a half for my DraftKings pick of the week at home. This is really tough for me. Really tough. I lost money on... Kent State against UCF. I forget what the bet even was. What? How would I have lost money on that blowout game? Um, I think we took the under and they scored in garbage time. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly right. The total was set so high. Kent State didn't score a point. It was all UCF, and UCF, with their backup, could not stop scoring. It was sickening. They looked so good, man. Gus Malzahn is so back. And that's why I'm... That's again, like I want I Boise at home. Normally, I'm like, I can get the Boise at home at plus money on the money line. Boise. I, I take it, but I'm not convinced about this Broncos team, but I'm convinced by that running game. Give me the over, twist my arm. I will take UCF. I'm also, Though I hate the hook. The I hate the hook. I would much rather just get a flat standard three. Fair, fair. If I can buy it, which usually you can on the book. I'll go that route and, you know, sacrifice a, a, a few few quarter, you know, decimals of a unit. Yeah. couple stats for you. Boise has failed to cover the spread in each of its last six games against non-conference opponents. Really? Five of Boise State's last six games at home have gone over the point total. So I think there we both go. really like the over in there that one. Although I will say, if Boise wins it, I think their path to victory is like a grinded out, the running game, limit possessions, a shootout. I don't know if that favors them going against Gus Malzahn. The not covering the spread stat is interesting, though I assume none of those six are as a home dog. No, that's it's like North Texas in the bowl game. And, right, right. So it's, I mean, yeah. it's all games where they're almost certainly favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it is a different deal. Right. Shit, part of me almost feels like sprinkling the money line on the Broncos. Oh, I'll do it. I, I, I will absolutely talk myself uh, into I it by this it. weekend. I, I think UCF might actually be good. Oh, I I do think UCF think is UCF good, UCF but I do think I just home dogs in that atmosphere. UCF's got to travel. That's a long ways to go. It was I a great know. game last year or two years ago, whenever they – I think it was yeah. last year. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's a good one. That's one of the must-watches of the weekend. Yeah, and I would throw this one out as a pretty intriguing matchup as well, despite the spread. UCLA, 14.5-point favorites going into San Diego. And it's so hard to read this Aztec team with this 2-0 record, but how much? And, you know, UCLA looked half-decent week one. Well, and that's so... 
instinctually I'm inclined to go with, oh, a competitive team because I don't love San Diego State, mm-hmm. but they're a competitive team. They're mm-hmm. getting that many points at home. Like, give it to me. But I also could very easily see this being a game where Chip Kelly gets that offense rolling and it's like 21-3 after the first quarter and I'm sitting there being like, why did I think this Aztecs offense was going to be able to keep up with UCLA? I know. Um, man, it's just like they're kind of baiting you though with 14 and a half because UCLA still hasn't even figured out their starting quarterback. I know. So I don't think you can lay over two touchdowns. I just don't think you can do that. I think what might be intriguing, and I can't find it right now. The app is not agreeing with me real quick. Trying to get a first half? Um, no, I was going to take the under on the team total for the Aztecs. I think that UCLA defense is for real. Leitu Latu is one of the best edge rushers in the country. Had a big three-sack game in week one. 16 and a half. See, but they know, man. They know. I mean, that is perfectly safe. Because if you were like, how many points is San Diego State going to score? 13 to 17? (laughs) Oh, boy, 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 boy. I'm taking UCLA. I have talked way too much trash about San Diego State over the last two months to now be a coward. You have. I guess I'm betting uncomfortably every game this week. So give uh, give me the Aztecs. I absolutely hate it, which means it's the right pick. You're the betting expert, my man. <laughs> um, San Jose State gets their first win against Cal Poly this weekend at home. Couldn't find a spread for that. There's yeah. a bunch of other FCS matchups that yeah. uh, we're just not going to get into. I might talk about them a little bit tomorrow on Friday's pod if we're stretched thin. But uh, that's it, man. College football's back. We've got so back. Fun week two slate. See you, Nebraska, Alabama, Texas. I mean, I love that these big schools are, are playing against each other, and it's not a bunch of like, oh, great, we've got Murray State, Auburn this weekend. And well, that's what happened week one. It was terrible. It was a horrible slate. The Mountain West really had the best bad. slate altogether. Air Force, Sam Houston State, fourteen. Oh, I forgot Sam Houston's no longer FCS. They moved up to the FBS. I did not give them the respect they deserve. Um, Shout out Sam Houston. Give me the Falcons. Yeah, two touchdowns. I guess I'll take the Falcons begrudgingly. I just think their defense is going to be solid, and as long as they get that run game going, which they almost always do, they're going to be fine. Yeah, We'll have more content throughout the weekend. Shout out to my guy, Nate Kreckman. Hope that... This kid is feeling better. We'll have him on the pod next week. Was supposed to be on this week. Uh, Shout out to Brady Hole. We'll have him coming on the pod. Um, Shout out to all you. Thank you for supporting the content. I really appreciate it. I promise you it's a long season, guys, and this team does have talent. I know it did not play out the way we wanted it to. It might be a couple of weeks of frustration just being, you know, honest. I mean, you got back-to-back road games. That's a tough spot to be in. But that's why we love college football. It's why you got to play the whole year. Yeah. And like as we saw last year, they got much stronger as the year went on. Dre, shout out to you. Thanks for doing this, Thank man. You, man. Always a pleasure. Always. Enjoy the weekend, guys. Stay safe out there. Much love. Go Rams. Peace.